see, bookshops are dreams built of wood and paper. They are time travel and escape and knowledge and power. They are, simply put, the best of places. Jen Campbell, The Bookshop Book. Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul, and today's episode is geared toward improving your mental health by giving you a refuge. Actually, it's more by pointing out a refuge that's already there that far too many of us don't take advantage of as often as we should. At a time when we're completely overscheduled and totally inundated with information and just noise from all directions, you need an escape. And you can find that escape in what for some would be the most unlikely place, the bookstore. Now that may seem like a no-brainer suggestion, especially on a podcast about books, but I don't know that we always think of bookstores as a refuge. In fact, most of the time, we think of bookstores as a means to an end, the end being getting more books. And bookstores are that, of course. They are a marketplace, but they're an oasis as well as a marketplace. And today I want to talk a little bit about how and why that's true. I should also say at the outset, especially to avoid offending my librarian friends, that Libraries are great, but libraries are not the same kind of refuge that bookstores are. And really for one very basic reason, libraries are, by their very nature, quiet places. Now, a quiet place can definitely be a refuge. There is certainly a time for that. But as far as what I'm talking about with bookstores, it's just, it's not the same. So how exactly does a bookstore function as a refuge in the midst of the storm of chaos that we face every day? Well, it may be different for each person, but I think there are some common things that make it such a refuge. For those of you who remember the TV series Cheers, the tagline was, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. We crave community as humans, especially at a time when that face-to-face community continues to break down more and more. And we can get something of that community at bars, at baseball games, any number of places, but not in exactly the same way that we get it in a bookstore. Because when you walk into a bookstore, the one thing that you know as soon as you go in there is that you're surrounded by people who read because otherwise they wouldn't be there buying books. And as I've said many times before, the number of readers continues to drop. So if you're surrounded by other people that share your passion for reading, it gives you a sense of fraternity that you don't get in a lot of other places. You may not know anything about them, 
but there's already a kindred spirit there that you can build on, even if only briefly. I mean, at a time of social disconnect, that we've reached a point where we're even on our phones the entire time we're in the grocery store, that doesn't happen in the bookstore. When's the last time you were in anything other than a bookstore where as you pulled the item you were looking at down, a total stranger standing next to you said, I really love that one. And then started a discussion with you. That just doesn't happen in other places. And I'm going to bet that during that conversation about that book or about that author, which will inevitably lead into conversation about other books and other authors, there are some things that are not going to come up. Some of those things include religion, politics, all of the hot button issues that we have today that drive wedges between us. You're not going to get into those things because you're talking about books. I'm not saying that those things don't matter to readers. Of course they do. But in that moment, that's not what you're talking about. You're getting a break from what we get inundated with 24-7 every day. In fact, the bookstore may be the last place on earth, or at least the last place in the United States, where we feel comfortable sharing our opinion about something with a total stranger without fear of it erupting into gunfire. And that, my friends, is a refuge. Now you cynics out there, and frankly, I kind of fall into the cynical category a lot of the time, maybe thinking, well, what if I happen to be standing in the politics section of the bookstore when I pull that book down and the person that says something to me hated the book because we're on different sides of the political spectrum. There goes your refuge right there, Paul. Not so, my friends, not so. In the glorious days when I had the honor and the privilege of actually owning a bookstore, it was located in one of the most liberal towns in one of the most conservative states in America. So I got to see that kind of interaction firsthand because people came from all over because at that time there weren't that many independent bookstores in my town. And I can clearly remember a very, very conservative gentleman in his 60s having a conversation with a very, very liberal young lady, barely out of her teens. And that's exactly what it was, a conversation. There were no raised voices, there were no accusations, it was a conversation. And that conversation was made possible initially by a shared love of a single book. It did flow into other things, it flowed into some politics, but it remained calm. It remained neutral almost, if you will. It's like a bookstore is a sanctuary where you're free to have your own views and not be threatened and to share your views and not feel threatened. Not to get too metaphysical about it, but maybe the very fact that you're surrounded by millions and millions and millions of words by people, most of whom are smarter than any of us will ever be, many of whom had 
vastly divergent views of the world, we're able to throw off our insecurities and just be ourselves with people. That, my friends, is also a refuge. And in case you're curious which book it was that gave the very conservative gentleman and the very liberal young lady the common ground that they found that enabled them to then discuss other things, it was Roberto Bolaño's 2666. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's a little bit long, definitely worth the read. Now, I mentioned how much we love going somewhere where everybody knows our name. What happens when you go into the bookstore and you're alone? Is it still a refuge? Well, absolutely. But you're never completely alone in a bookstore for a very important reason. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about another part of the refuge of bookstores that you might not have ever considered. Consider the following scenario. It's storm season where you are, as it is here right now. You've just endured a two-hour commute through hail and lightning that normally takes you 30 minutes, and you're wound tighter than a piano string. You really need to unwind, but right now an $8 margarita just doesn't seem like it's going to do the trick. Almost on autopilot, your car ends up in the parking lot of your local independent bookstore. And it may be, because of the storms, the only car in the lot. You dodge the rain, enter the store, and besides immediately feeling a sense of calm, and I dare you to walk into any bookstore at any time and not feel a sense of calm, you encounter the bookstore owner. If you are a regular customer at your local independent bookstore, and just as a side note, you better be, support your local independent bookstores, that bookstore owner knows you. And I don't mean recognizes your face. If you're in there with any regularity, they know you. They've gotten to know you better than some of your friends do. And part of that is simply good business because you want to know your customers. But it goes way, way beyond that. At a time when retail everywhere is dying, that lone face that greets you as you step in from the storm, made a definitive choice to go into a segment of the retail industry that's about as lucrative as opening a manual typewriter repair shop. They're not there for the money. They're there for the books. And they're there for you. They are part of the refuge, regardless of their personality. And there are as many different personalities of booksellers as there are different types of bookstores. They run the gamut from the super sweet like Meg Ryan and You've Got Mail all the way to the surly, drunken, chain-smoking Bernard Black of black books. In fact, the more eccentric they are, the more fun they tend to be. And you want to talk about a refuge. After spending all day in an office answering countless emails and dealing with a boss who even after 10 years calls you Bill when your name is Bob, walking into a bookstore and having your local bookseller say, 
Hey, Bob. You were looking for this particular author last time, and we just got a new one in. Why don't you check it out? That gives you a sense of calm, a sense of happiness that you just don't get very often. Maybe I'm weird, but I just like the fact that my local bookseller remembers enough about me, cares enough to remember enough about me, to know what I like to read and keep an eye out for things that I'm going to enjoy. It's your local bookseller that makes the bookstore a gathering place for like-minded people, people that are going to be a refuge for you, whether it's poetry readings, book clubs, any kind of event like that. So be sure to get to know your local bookseller and bring them a Starbucks every now and then. There's another way that bookstores are a refuge, and it ties back to the opening quote from this episode where Jen Campbell mentions time travel. Now, I think her point about time travel was that the books themselves, because they cover so many periods and so many different things, that they transport you. And that's absolutely the case. Books do that. The stories in books do that. But the actual physical book itself can do that when you're in a bookstore. You can just be browsing the shelves, not really even looking for anything in particular. And you'll see a title that you remember from college or from when you were 10 or or when your first child was born. Any number of events in your life can be marked by the book you were reading at that time. And seeing that book can take you back to that time. I said at the beginning of this episode that libraries didn't necessarily fit into the same category of refuge because they were quiet places. And I believe that. But the bookstore can also be a quiet refuge. Take that same scenario that I gave about your long day at work and driving home through the massive thunderstorm and the difference between being on the road in that raging storm and being inside a cozy bookshop as the storm rages outside is night and day. It doesn't matter if you're alone in the shop with the bookstore owner and just silently walking up and down the shelves, not really even paying much attention, just being surrounded by the books with the patter of the rain is calming. It's an oasis, as I said before, that you're just not gonna find anywhere else. I think that this was summed up for me best back when I owned my store. It was a slow day, and sadly there were far too many of those. But it was a slow day, and my sister and I were alone in the shop. And I was in grumpy bookseller mode, as I often was. And I was complaining about the fact that we had no customers. I made an offhanded comment to her about how what we had was the most expensive clubhouse ever. Now my sister was an artist and a few days later she gave me a painting that hung behind the front counter of the store for a long time after this and all it said on it was best clubhouse ever. She got it and I hope a lot of you do too. Keep on reading. for listening to today's episode of Bookish. 
hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to keep episodes like this coming, I'd also like you to consider supporting us by clicking the support this podcast link on the anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can keep episodes like this coming and also help us get to the point where we're completely ad free. Thanks again.